Welcome to the Level Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And Andre. I could not get you to stop talking. What a woman speak. Do you see what I'm saying? How to break through with your spouse, your partner. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. How did you handle this? The man's kind of got it good. I feel like you're getting off on a little bit of soapbox. This is me rolling my eyes. This is really great. I really... Rolling. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. We are so thankful you're listening with us. Um, the Love Work Podcast is this long-term project that we're working on where we're exploring this question. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a family? Yes, and today we have some great people that we get to interview. Uh, we are interviewing Mary Stewart and Joel Iverson. And Joel is the founder of Monday Night Brewing, and Mary Stewart is a real estate uh, agent in Atlanta. And they are both very high influencers in the city here. Um, but the other fun part about them is they are both big achievers. They are the most competitive people, right? They are. They, they want to win. It's so fun to have this dialogue today. Yeah, so as we get into these um, into the story today, there's three things I want you to be listening to. The first thing very excited about is the importance of the Japanese toilet. Of course you're excited. It's the toilet. It, they're experts at this. It's the world that I've just become educated to today. And it's an issue that every couple secretly and like just the two of them oftentimes talk about is the bathroom, right? Oh my lord. Sec- you are going to go get on this like stat Secondly, I might have already ordered it in the middle of the interview. Secondly is um, this funny story Mary Stewart shares. He owns a brewery and she doesn't like beer. Yes, I feel like we're kindred spirits. And then third is uh, on a personal level, I think this is a very interesting interview because Mary Stewart recently kind of stepped away from her work and trying to reevaluate what success looks like for their family. And so I think it really t- paints a different picture than most of the interviews that we've had. So um, don't you agree with that? Yeah, that was, it was really good. It, it's a hard Very, season for them. Yeah, and they're still struggling like in the tension of it right now. So Right, so for people that are listening in and they're in it, this is going to be a new perspective to take. And um, so let's get right into it. Here's Mary Stewart and Joel Iverson. Stuart and Joel, we're so glad to be with you today and talking about all the tensions in uh, just with lover work. And I guess let's just start off. First of all, um, both of you had been working, right? So Mary Stewart, you were doing um, a lot of real estate stuff, and then Joel, um, you were you have been working always for a while with your beer. So talk to us beer. about that. <laughs> I said I never wanted to be a real estate agent and spent a year after college working for a great company doing recruiting, but I was crying every day in my cubicle, feeling really constrained by just doing the same thing every day and wanting to be more creative and be my own boss. And so Joel actually encouraged me to pursue getting my real estate license and encouraging me to do the thing that I never wanted to do, which is what my mother does, and my aunt, uh-huh. and now my sister-in-law and cousins, wives, and, um, you know, co- copy everybody else, which is hard to feel like I wasn't doing something myself, but Joel really encouraged me to take the leap of faith and um, 
go out on a commission-based job, which turned into something that I really enjoyed. And so is this all before kids right now? Is this? Yes, all, all before kids. Okay. So you started your career, and Joel, you've been doing what? And I uh, left my job at a consulting firm about six years ago to kind of jump over and make beer full time. Um, so started a brewery here in Atlanta on Monday night brewing with a few guys. Um, originally was a Friday morning Bible study, and I blame Mary Stewart for buying me a home brewing kit, which led to us brewing beer on Monday nights to hang out, and then, um, and then really, kind of eventually um, quitting quitting my job, which was honestly it was Mary Stewart that kind of said, "Hey, I'm I'm up and running in my real estate career, and you're traveling all the time, and you're never home, so I want you to just." quit your job and do the brewery, even if you don't make any money and even if it fails. And, um, and so, uh, that was kind of when I made the, the leap to do that was about six years ago. Um, and, uh, it's been quite a journey. And that is when we had, we were having our second child when Joel decided to do that, which was really tough. <laughs> yeah. So tell, talk to us about how difficult, what was the difficulty in that? Well, for me, it was easy with one because we could just pass, you know, the child off between the other one of us when we had a lot of night. Both of us, I had a lot of night engagement and appointments and weekend appointments. And with the brewery um, getting started, it was great that Joel and Jeff and Jonathan wanted to be <clears throat> at every event. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so was, cool. it, that's so great. <laughs> It was. I, yeah. Idealistically, it was awesome, but practically, it was really hard on me as a working mom when our, you know, work hours really overlapped at unusual times for most people. And having a second child made it just that much harder because it was all hands on deck. And I was really thankful that Joel wasn't traveling as much, but day in and day out, it made it a lot harder. And I would say that was probably our hardest year of marriage was that first year the brewery started. And we had our second child, and that's when we started marriage counseling again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is much needed, and a great thing we still do. But it was a big impetus for a lot of uh, conversation, a hard conversation. That's interesting. So in the midst of that, like, he's super busy. You're, you're trying to manage everything in life in, in addition. He wasn't traveling anymore, but he wasn't there. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. So how did you work through that? Like, what? Did, how did how did that change? What did you change? Initially, it was kind of, I think everything finally just came to a head and we realized, like, this is not sustainable. Like, we're kind of two ships passing in the night. Um, and we've got two kids also. And, um, and I would say, um, really honestly, in some ways, I think our, our oldest son, Oliver, who was, you know, about three years old at the time, he had much greater emotional intelligence than we did. Mm -hmm. And and really like, he would be like, mommy, I can see that you're frustrated and mommy, I can like, I mean, are you calling out? Yeah. Are you happy? And like calling out these things and you're like, Whoa, like this is sort of an unhealthy place where we're at. And this is, uh, took a three-year-old to call it out for us. Um, and then led to, you know, starting to, um, go to a, uh, uh, counselor. And that was just, that really just, I think has been pretty transformational to us in our marriage over the last four years, four or five years. 
um, as we, I think, both started to see we're both workers and doers. And um, if you've ever taken the Enneagram, we're both a three on the Enneagram, which is a, the both achiever. Achievers, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. so you throw two, you throw two achievers a in a marriage, <laughs> it's a big problem. So how does that play out from a competitive nature between the two of you? <laughs> like, do you guys play board games together? Have you, I'm, I'm t- I've, this is a total curious question. I have like no an all out war. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's really difficult because I feel like Joel is better than me at most things. And it's really frustrating for me <laughs> more than him. And we have this um, tradition in our family because we do love board games a lot. And we like to have game nights, family game nights, our community group game nights. But we get to write whoever the winner is in the top of the box with the date. It's a fun way to like, you know, remember the fun times but yeah so and to keep a tally of who has the most wins like, you know yeah. look at the achiever over there. <laughs> even when i'm a close second or it's like a tiebreaker between us and it's like but joel still gets his name in the box and it really stinks oh, that's so funny yeah i mean so this isn't the reality is you've always been this way right where you probably back when you were dating i'm guessing this is what actually attracted each other you to yeah. each other right this ambition that you have the Let's yeah no let's the do drive, it let's do this yeah, let's do this let's go it. let's do the fun thing let's do the you know mm-hmm. that drive I'm guessing is actually what brought you together but maybe potentially could be your greatest tensions too yes exactly really spot on so how do you I mean so what happens in this in this place like I can see you know then you saying well then you quit your job. Well, then you quit your job. Well, I make more money, so you quit your. You know, like how do you? How, how do you know what I mean? This is the, this is Jeff and I to a T. Um, yeah. So how do you engage that in terms of like? There's a point of sacrifice, but then there's also a point of you want to do what you feel purpose calling to do as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at first we would just really have to communicate on who's who got to work what night of the week. And, you know, try to be as egalitarian as possible saying, okay, well, if I'm working this event and this event, I can show houses these other days. And the the very practical schedule thing, the scheduling. And then it was just an understanding that every Saturday Joel was responsible for the kids, that that was a day that I could work, you know, and, and not have to ask or feel bad about it. And if he had to work an event that he would be in charge of getting a babysitter. Um, but it, I think it really took a toll on our family life with our children, you know, not having both of us present at the same time. So then we really prayed and thought that I need to take Sunday off, which is really hard for a realtor. Um, but to make a rule just that Sundays was our family day, our Sabbath day, where we were taking a step back and being together, um, and resting, which was really hard to do. But, um, I think, was transformative for family life. And I mean, and that was like just doing that, just her like not working on Sundays was incredibly hard for, especially just for, again, someone who's, who's an achiever and in an industry where it's so much of the activity happens on Sunday. Um, that took lots of sessions with our counselor of, you know, getting to the point where you say, all right, let's, let's just make this step and do this and just tell people that tell our clients like, Hey, if it's on Sunday, I'm not, I'm just not going to be around. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be working. Um, 
but we also feel guilty I mean, about I, that, Mary Stewart. I or think at first empowered but, because you were home with the kids and family. It was liberating, and I realized how much I needed that separation and rest, and how much I, you know, enjoy our t- our time together. And I feel like it really my attitude once I allowed myself the freedom to enjoy it. It really was one of those things that you know it's the best part of the week Sunday was you know something that we all look forward to and so first you had to work through some guilt before that point (laughs) yes I felt like I was disappointing my clients and letting people down and honestly they they were all very supportive and didn't care as long as I set that expectation up front I felt like people were very supportive um and encouraging me in that way it's funny it. how we make it more of a deal, right, than the people around us do. Yeah. Somehow it's like, yeah. oh, if I would have just said this so much, like a long time ago. And, and sort of our, it's it's amazing how that sort of fear of disappointing other people can just be so strong and like the fear of, of saying no. I mean, I, I honestly think, just realize that you're just going to have to disappoint some people to actually have any semblance of a life and and you're going to disappoint a lot of people in a lot of different arenas to, um, if you want to kind of keep your family intact. Love it. So you guys have four, four boys now. Is that right? Yeah. Four boys. Four boys. So what's life like at home these days? There's not much clothing involved and a lot of weapons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And anything can be a weapon. <laughs> and anything is a weapon. Even when you take them all away and put them in the basement and the artillery. <laughs> So let's talk about what led to you, Mary Stewart, of quitting your job. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm still I'm still a recovering job quitter. I, I call it my sabbatical because I, it's really I want to go back, which is the really hard pull. But I just felt in my heart that my priorities were, you know, the way in my heart that they were and the way that I was living were completely opposite. And, you know, the fact that that was the first thing I thought of when I woke up and the last thing I was thinking about when I went to bed was work really kind of started to scare me a little bit. And I felt like I was giving the best parts of me to the people on the ladder that meant the least. And I didn't have much for my family and for my marriage because besides Sundays, I had really no boundaries. And as a people pleaser, it's really hard to set boundaries um, because I don't want to disappoint people. And so... Joel and I decided that it would be really helpful to and healthy to take a step back and for um, me to rest from the work and learn how to just be present and enjoy our family, which has been wonderful, but also hard. And also learning how to be delight in Joel's success and all the fun stuff that he's doing when he comes home and has all these exciting things to report. And he asked me how my day was, and I've just been to the grocery store four times and changed diapers. It's just, it's really hard to, you know, encourage him and be excited for him when I'm doing that. It's just hard to say. Yeah. Joel, what do you think about um, Mary Stewart and her new role and what she's going through right now? Um, It's incredibly difficult. I I can't even sort of imagine how hard it is just because I know I'm the same way with sort of measuring myself by what I did each day and being sort of that achiever. And I mean, in, in so many ways, she never got a break when she, I mean, even when she had our kids, she said she was on maternity leave, but like people would 
keep keep calling her and uh and she never really took a true maternity leave with any of the kids so it's um it's been pretty neat and special to just watch how um you know just watch her thrive as 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 a mom to them um on a full-time basis but also seeing that the tension and it really gives me a lot more respect for i mean honestly the hardest job is full-time stay-at-home mom yes mary sue what have you learned about yourself like obviously there's a season like you had to i'm sure there's a season where you were just like trying to break your thought pattern of some kind of what you need to do in a day but what have you learned about yourself as you've kind of stepped away from from i mean not i mean honestly like not just just being a real estate agent like being a very busy successful real estate agent right where now stepping back and going what do I, what have you learned about yourself in the midst of this um I, the first thing i've learned is i love to jump on a trampoline <laughs> um <laughs> i i real I, I know it's silly but i just feel like i have this whole new like laughter and freedom and it's all kind of summed up around the trampoline but um i just realized to me how important it is to be outside and not in front of the computer for my own personal health and how like exciting spontaneity is and doing something different uh, with the kids too, just from our daily routine and how much um, fun it is for them to take adventures and for us to do learning experiences that we couldn't have cultivated, you know, if we were both working. And we have really tried to be anti-activity, especially with me being home. I feel like this the culture that we live in prides itself on being busy. And while being at home is anything but being still, I think that trying to not be in the car um, and not be like driving back and forth to different activities is. So um, you, know, you mean really, like all the extracurricular yeah, stuff, yeah. soccer, yeah. baseball? Yeah. That we're not doing any of that. I mean, you know, we're going to do swim team in the summer and that's about it. Cause we can walk there. But, um, like really trying to take a step back and enjoy each other. I have a feeling, I think this is such an interesting interview because of the, the season that you're in right now, almost kind of reprogramming your mind a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'm curious from both of you, um, you, you know, you're very social in the city. A lot of people know who you guys are. Um, I'm curious. There's probably a lot of other couples that are in similar stages and are high achievers that are friends of yours. I'm curious, like what has been some of the conversations with them as you've been processing this? Yeah. I think most of the time people are just like, besides being shocked, they're just curious. Like, what is it like? Like, what does looking like that look like? Because I don't think many people do it. Take a step back and say, no, it's so hard to do that. Is the curiosity because you think they're maybe stressed out, they're exhausted, yeah. they're they're in that midst of that <laughs> same place? Yeah, I think most people. I think most people are in in this world, or at least in our culture and our city, are just exhausted and they're tired. Yeah. And I mean, we we sort of, uh, I think y'all's original book, the uh, when you told the story about quitting life and um, where'd you go? Was it Honduras? Is that right? Nicaragua. Yeah. Yeah. Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah. Yeah. And we had always sort of, I think in some ways like fantasized about some version of like <laughs> quitting life for a while, which still hopefully we will do collectively as an entire family. I'd love to like do a, eventually like get to the point where we could 
just leave everything for two or three months um, if, if if we could get there. But that, I mean, this this sort of a mini version of that in mm-hmm. some ways for, I think, Mary Stewart, where she just never, never had that kind of a time in her life where she just did not have a million activities and tasks and things. And it's been, um, it's been neat to watch. Do you think, uh, Mary, so do you think this is like a, a season for you? Yes, I, it, I do because I just still have this longing where I feel like I, God gave me these gifts and skills to, you know, and, th- and then I enjoy, you know, welcoming people to our city, matchmaking, helping them find a place to call a home and what that looks like. Um, so I really, I do, I miss that. And I'm, I just feel like this is a chance to learn how to set boundaries and make that healthier career. Um, so I do think this is just a season, but it's kind of a season to re reset our daily patterns. Awesome. Joel, I have a question for you. So, uh, Mary Sue was talking about kind of that season when, um, all three of you, you and your two partners wanted to be at every event, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, I, I, I'm thinking about the people that are in the startup world where they, in a similar way, they might have a partner where everyone always has to be at everything. How did you yeah. guys break through that season? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was like one person kind of going, I can't do this anymore. I can't do everything anymore. What, how did you guys work through that as a team? Yeah, um, I, I put a lot of pressure, I think, on myself that like it's important to sort of you know to be there to tell the story, to cast the vision to people, and you know uh, to the point where um, I mean, in the early days, like, we literally were giving every single tour at the brewery. Um, I think it was, it was really my actually my my two business partners, Jeff and Jonathan. Um, Jonathan started getting really kind of just burnt out and, and, uh, really said, guys, listen, like this, the, the success or failure of this should not be dependent on whether, (laughs) whether one of the three of us was working a beer festival, right? Like there are much more important things that we can and should be doing to develop the company and to develop the brand and to develop the people around us to go. Um, to go do that stuff. And I still, I mean, I still struggle with some of that sort of probably guilt, but you know, um, just being okay with disappointing people um, has been, has been a journey, but there's freedom in it too. Um, when, when you can just say no, or Hey, someone who says, I want to come meet with you for an hour. And you say, you know what, let me hop on the phone with you for a few minutes and uh, avoid that hour long meeting because that means I'm going to be able to get out of work on time and get home and see my kids. It's interesting. I, <laughs> I don't know. I've had these moments when, um, like, there's the a moment, soccer. let's say there was a moment on Tuesday night. <laughs> let's just say uh, where I'm, I'm like, which fight do we want to yeah, talk yeah. about? Where, um, she, we had an event here at our, our office and, she walked in and she looked at me and she's Wait, like, Wait, let's just talk about it. First of all, it's our date night. Yeah. Our regularly scheduled Jeff and Andre date night. Yeah. But somehow we get a nice event planned on that date night for his work. <laughs> and then prior to that date night, we have a business dinner with a colleague. It wasn't supposed his. to be a bit, it was just supposed to be dinner. Oh, it was a business dinner. Yeah. And then we go after our business dinner, then we got to go and go to his event, which is 
usually I love. I literally, on this story, there's nothing I can defend. <laughs> I know. So we're yeah. standing outside the door, and I'm looking in at the plywood office going, no, I just can't do it. I am not going to another stinking thing. She's like, I'm leaving. And I was like, okay. I'm so like, I'm curious. A good na- date night with your work. I'm curious. Has there ever been a moment like that with you guys where – I mean, where I could—I I don't know—I could just even see you're at home. You look in the refrigerator, you see a Monday night beer in the refrigerator, and Mary Sue's like, "I don't like that beer anymore." <laughs> I <can Yeah>. see- <laughs> I'm about she's to de- throw this beer like, out well, the door. Just, yeah, she's like, "I cannot go to another brewery event. Like, I—I I just can't. I'm done. You know, we've been to too many, too many, and I can't take any more." Um, <laughs> She's had many, she's had many many of those. Usually, it's 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 something where it's like the holiday party, and the other brewers' wives are there pouring beer, and I show up late and I'm not helping at all because <laughs> I'm frustrated about Monday night and I don't even drink beer. And uh, yes, yeah, that's we hilarious. Just I didn't that know that. Part. Let's just make that known. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good. Um, advocate for their beer because i i did try to serve it at the new opening um of the garage last fall i they were short staffed or you know it was great a lot of people were in attendance and so they needed some more people to pour and so i said i would you know help volunteer number one i'm terrible at pouring um i get all the foam in the beer it's like half foam in each glass, and people are asking me recommendations <laughs> and which kind of I beer they should know. try if they like this beer. And I do not know the product at all. It's terrible. terrible You're like, they all taste not. horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I choose none. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I really like pale ales. And I'm like, I don't even know which one's a pale ale. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what that means. It's terrible. And so I would have to go, like, you know, ask somebody what which beer I should give, you know, poor people. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it seems like there's probably just this tension, especially in projects like this that we're feeling right now and and different seasons we feel it where it's like you totally believe in your partner, the work that they're doing, their passion for what they do. And then you want to celebrate them. And on the other hand, there's moments of maybe bitterness or frustration because of how it's affected each other. Is that Mm -hmm. fair to say? Totally fair. Yeah. So I have a personal question. I mean, just a question i have no idea what she's gonna ask this will be interesting well it's just a question why did you quit and not joel that's a great question i think it was really i knew it was it wasn't something that we collectively decided i think it was one of those things that in my heart i knew that i needed a change and i needed to take a step back because it was eating me alive and um so, I was just so in a sense, you felt like the most unhealthy, right? Yeah. Like you felt like this was an unhealthy place for you. And Joel, you were not feeling that at that time. Yeah. I mean, I have had, I've, I, I, I've, I've had my phases of just being completely unhealthy and like all consumed with, um, you know, with just what was going on at the brewery and, you know, working ridiculous days, working overnight shifts for long stretches at a time, overnight brewing shifts. And, um, you know, thankfully like the last six months has sort of gotten to a place where, um, have been able to just have more balance and healthiness with my side of the work. And, um, part of that, wouldn't you say is because you guys have gotten to a place where you've been able to hire more people to do 
what you were doing previously. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. That, that shift of, of building a team and being able to step back and have some of that. So, but I mean, that's, that's been one of Mary Stewart's struggles is that she's just sort of taken it all on herself. And even when she sort of had an assistant or help, she just bears it all herself. Um, I mean, there was, there was one point, can't remember what was going on, but, um, there was a client who would just kept calling her and bugging her and was like, I need this, I need this, I need this. I was like, and we were about to go do something fun as a family. And, and I think I threatened to take away her phone from her. And then, um, and then, uh, did you end up throwing the phone or did I just take it? Um, I can't remember. All I know is the, uh, the phone throwing. Oh, yeah. we've all been there. All right. Tell us about the slip and slide or yeah. Do you guys still have that? Yes, our kids, we decided that they could have a big birthday party every five years because it was just too many people and our family to do something crazy every year. And so Joel rented a really fun double uh, slide, slip and slide with a pool at the end for their birthday party. And had we had so much fun that then he decided he wanted to own one himself. <laughs> And then I saw the price tag on how much one of these costs, and I said, there's no way that you you can't buy this slip and slide. This is not a wise use of our money unless you figure out a way to pay for it. And so Joel came up with a great idea. So I decided that Oliver was, um, you know, I want to teach him an entrepreneurial spirit. So it's uh, <laughs> start a business called Oliver's Ultimate Parties. Um, we made some, made some flyers. Um, Unfortunately, last year was kind of towards the end of slip and slide season that we that we got it. But um, but he uh, he is he is actively working. I think uh, I think we've got three or four potential bookings for slip and slide season this year. I was like, Oliver, you need a broader network of kids like trying to rent this thing out. If we're going to we're going to pay it back. So he uh, he's giving flyers his friend and giving them each a 10 percent commission if they can sign somebody up to rent it so yeah now he's campaigned already at three different schools and everyone seems to be really excited about finding business so they can get some money i love it i've heard so many creative ideas you guys have had I'm joel one time you were telling me about uh you know you guys started making ginger ale that wasn't that related to your interaction with your kids yep exactly wanted to uh have something for them to come and, you know, drink and hang out at the brewery. They spent so much time here. They're, uh, they're <laughs> actually, I'm looking out my window here in the office. Their pets are also at the brewery. We got, um, pet piranhas here at the brewery and basically like for um, real piranhas, for real piranhas. <laughs> so, I, I had piranhas as a kid. Um, and they no. were like, they're, they're the ultimate boy pet. Cause you get to feed them live fish and that's like a boy's dream feeding basically and so uh mary stewart would not allow us to get them for our house and she said i just said we kept them at the brewery (laughs) i would agree mary stewart no piranhas piranhas in the house come on i feel like that should just be a generalized rule Well, I just pen- I said no pets in general. I can't keep anything else alive at our house or be responsible for anyone's livelihood. And so I said they could have pets as long as they weren't at our house. So Joel it. came up with the bird. like, it's enough work keeping t- four children alive. I, yeah. I can't manage anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know um, I kind of switch gears to focus a little bit on Joel for a second. Um, Joel, you come from a large family, and I believe you grew up uh, overseas. So Similar to Andre, Andre was, we refer to as a third culture kid. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm curious how that has played a role in 
in your marriage and in the family that you get the two of you are creating now? We really honestly never thought we'd be in Atlanta, thought we'd potentially be somewhere either overseas or in another part of the country, just in, um, I think in our dating time, like discussed, like Mary Stewart was like, I never want to move back to Atlanta. She's from here originally. And uh, really at this point, we're kind of locked in <laughs> Atlanta, for <laughs> at least for the foreseeable future. And, but we love, I mean, we really, the first few years here, we're like, all right, we'll just do a couple years in Atlanta, but we've really, we've just fallen in love with this city and with what's happening here in this city and with the, the um, on so many levels, it really is kind of turning more into a city than it was 15 or 20 years ago. Um, we also really want our kids to have a much broader sense of the world and not be that Americentric. Last year, I actually took, I combined sort of beer and international stuff. And I took Oliver with me to go over to Ukraine and we spent like five days in Ukraine visiting folks that received microloans and then brought back some hops and some honey and some beet sugar and made a beer for a fundraiser a fundraiser here at the brewery for microlending. This is kind of a random question that we don't normally get to ask people, but I feel like you're the perfect couple to bring this up. Um, there's always funny dialogue if you talk to um, couples about the bathroom. <laughs> what and, are you doing? And I know Joel has some <laughs> unique views on bathroom. Is that fair? Yes. Is that fair? Could you explain some of that? Oh lordy, the toilet. It's all about the toilet. <laughs> what about it? Actually, two things. I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but you know those things that you don't really know about your spouse until you get married and live with them. Yes. I never realized that Joel had this love for baths and I would come home from work and couldn't find Joel and he would be taking a bath and like seeing how long he could hold his breath under the bath. It's like, <laughs> I mean, just hilarious. And I just never realized that it was an important part of this culture that Joel grew up in that I never knew about. And so Joel we re- renovated uh, our first house and Joel was very in tune to um, recirculating pumps and making sure the water stayed warm and all these different features of the bathroom I never considered. Um, and then also the Japanese toilet movement. I don't, I'm not sure if you're really familiar with this, but please, ed- no please educate toilet. us. Educate me. I have no <laughs> the clue. Japanese toilet I have move- no clue what we're talking about. When you about. refer to movement in relation <laughs> to this, movement. it's another level. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and the fact that Joel is so proud of our Japanese Toto toilets, you can buy them, you know, a total Japanese toilet, or you can buy on Amazon for about $350 a seat that you, if you have an outlet behind your toilet, you can put one in. Create. You can put a Japanese toilet topper on, which has all kinds of buttons that I don't know what they do, except for they spray you, they make the toilet seat warm, they disguise noises, it does all kinds of things. And so Joel loves to talk about it, and he loves to invite people over to our house to use our toilet. Wow. This is and it's, fascinating. Uh, I'm telling you guys, it's remarkable. And I loved it so much that um, the next yes. – Mary Stewart got it for me for Father's Day, and then the next Christmas um, – at, at our company brewery company party, I um, surprised our employees by making <laughs> the employee bathroom the VI poo poo, um, where you go in. And I um, actually painted the toilet gold and put the Japanese um, Japanese Toto system on it. And our employees at first were completely weirded out, but now they love it. I it mean, almost everybody's feels. Everybody's got to like fight almost, for that bathroom yeah. now. 
I know. And it almost feels dirty to like wipe with toilet paper anymore once you experience a Japanese bidet. <laughs> so just saying. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Oh, this is a not it. a paid advertisement. I love it. Um, well, listen, our last question for you. Thanks for sharing all these stories and being personal. And um, I know you guys are in a season that is unique right now for, for the two of you. Our last question we ask every every person is, is it possible for both of you to be living out your purpose, to stay in love and raise a family? And we want to ask that question to you. What are your thoughts on that question? I do not think it's possible unless there's some sacrifice involved. Maybe that's the phase that we're in, but like we couldn't do it all before. I like it. A definite no for Mary Stewart. What's your take, Joel? <clears throat> I, so I would say I think that it is... I think it it really kind of comes down to what is your purpose, right? And if your purpose is 100% driven by sort of a a work purpose or a work sort of goal or a, um, then no, probably not if it's all wrapped up in that. But um, my my dad used to say this thing that will outlive you is really your children. And that is the most important sort of investment you can you can make in sort of your, if you, if you look at through the lens of, Hey, what do I want my purpose and my impact to be on, on the world? Um, in a lot of ways, your children are going to be one of your greatest lasting impacts on the world. You know, if you're, if, if you're binary sort of choosing one or the other, it's not going to be, um, possible, but if your purpose can actually encompass both your work and your kids and a larger impact of what you're trying to do, um, then Yes, I think you can make a big impact and you can make an impact because if you raise children that go and make an impact, then your impact is so much bigger than just what you're doing here and now today. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for sharing your story and um, honestly, just being honest about the season you guys are in. And um, I know there's been it's not been easy, but I appreciate your perspective on it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll talk soon. And now it's time for the breakdown. Let's do this. So what were your big takeaways with Mary Stewart and Joel? I would say, first of all, for me, obviously, as a woman who is also working and also trying to do family life and all of the things, um, hearing her about how she is stepping away from her job I definitely had a point in life where I had to also step away from my job. and um, But her whole thing was just like she really feels like she needs to reset and retrain her thinking and her brain around um, what is success, how do, you know, what are my limitations, uh, where do I need to create boundaries. Um, I just think it's so wise that sometimes, and super brave, right? And we had to do that too. I mean, this is yeah. this was about five years ago that we took three months, three and a half months off, yeah. and it 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 really changed our marriage and how we approach life going forward for us. Yeah, and uh, so brave. I mean, she is crazy successful. I mean, if you think real estate and high profile, this is her. And so to to step out of that and to um, just say that something's got to change. That's brave of her which leads me to my second the thing that I um really took one of my big takeaways from Joel was this idea that um he said I put pressure on myself to be everywhere and this is related to his work I think this is a very common issue especially for people in our community of 
of the startup scene where, and, and in myself, I mean, yeah. you and I've talked about this in the last year is the first time that I, I went to a plywood event or I did not go to a plywood event. Oh yeah. And all um, the guilt and things that you feel. I think you said multiple times along that same line is just the, like the fears that we have of disappointing people and needing to be able to just let go of that. Like no matter what, no matter how successful you are, no matter, you know, how far away, if far along you go in your career, you're always going to disappoint somebody and just being able to let that go and just accept being okay that, with that. Yeah. And being okay with that, um, I think is so crucial. That for, is not easy for me. Yeah. Well, you're a people pleaser. I mean, mm. there's so many people pleasers listening that I think that's a really hard. It's funny. I'm shaking my head as learn. like I'm shaking my head as you're talking like, yeah, that's true. You're right. And then I go and then back of my head, I'm thinking. I you can't, would, I can't never do, do that. that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Like, I, it's one of our greatest tensions because you're like, Jeff, let it go. But right. Because I'm me definitely not, I don't really care that much about. But then he kind of, he, he said, one of his partners said, the success or failure of this organization should not be dependent on if one of us are at a beer festival. Right. And that's crucial. I mean, I think that's crucial for all business owners to think about, like, if this is going to like live or die based on just you as a sole person, like, who knows, tomorrow you could get in a car accident and, you know, not be able to work for three months while you heal. You know, you can't have everything solely dependent on you for success. And that's so much pressure. And on that same line, is that his all that pressure that he was putting on himself did not just affect him. Mm-hmm. It affected his business partners. And so his business partner, he said, was in the place of burnout. Mm-hmm. And that that's the culture. That's yeah, the we've culture. talked a lot about that. Yeah, like whatever that's the culture you're whatever building. standard we're setting for this organization that I lead also is the standard that everyone in our team starts to follow. Right. And then let's take that home mm. to the family the culture that you set at home with how much activities you're doing with your kids, how much striving and achieving and success building that you're trying to kind of do and with school and sports and, you know, that, that goes on down to the kids and the culture that you're setting there too. So I have a, one other thing I wanted to talk about um, that Joel said near the end, he talked about something that his dad taught him or told him. The thing that will, the only thing that will outlive you is your children. Yes. I, 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 yes. (laughs) I agree. I also just disagree of like the weight of putting, I think you just then, the weight of putting so much about everything is about the kids then. Like if you Mm. put all that weight in that like one bucket, then who are you? Like, who am I as a woman? Who am I as a person? Who am I and uh, what I desire to do in life and my needs and, and the quality of my life that I want to live now as well? Because then what happens is I forget myself and I put it all on on everything, every drop of me to the children, right? So There can be a lot of pressure in yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with him, but I also don't think we need to put like, all the energy of everything of who we are into our children. Cause I don't think that's healthy either. Um, but anyways, you know, that's me now. What I do love Mary Stewart said that she just, 
flat out said no. She doesn't think that you can. Thanks for the encouragement, Marisa, in this project. Hey, no. I'm joking. See, you want to, you. I want I, the answer to be yes. You do. Right. And I am, I'm, I'm enjoying this journey of it, of hearing what all people have to say. And I love hearing her say no. I love it. I think that's the reality of where she's at right now. She's struggling in this place and she had to give up her career right now. And I think right now she's like, I don't see it. I don't see it mm. happening. So that's great. That's where she's at. Totally. So well, anyway. this has been another really, really interesting, really good conversation about the tensions of love and work, right? Yeah, for sure. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>